And welcome into Tailgates and Heartbreaks episode oh, 54. Yeah. 54. Season 2 episode Season before, 2 uh, episode 4. Oh, pardon. Yeah, season 2 episode 4. I should have asked that before I started talking, but uh regardless, we are here to bring you um I guess we'll start uh covering what was a wild wild night Sunday night the Bengals defeat the Baltimore Ravens and Super Wild Card Weekend, 24-17. to 17. We'll start off with some uh, some quick thoughts. Geezer, why don't you start us off here? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing, um, I think the two biggest things is, one, I I mean, me personally, I definitely underestimated uh, not Baltimore and how, like, you know, how close the game was going to be, but you know, obviously that defense is really good. The defensive coordinator—I forget what his name is. Was he old? Was he the old Michigan defensive coordinator? Am I, or do I McDonald or McDonald? That does sound familiar. I'll look either, that up. Keep going. E- either way, um, I think in the three games that they've played against Mike the McDonald. Ravens, yeah. Yeah. The three games they played against the Ravens, it has been pretty clear that they've had a very good um, game plan for the Bengals in the offense. Now, granted, the first time was when they were starting to figure stuff out offensively. Um, and then last week, or two weeks ago, I should say, um, I think the Bengals are kind of on cruise control. But, um, yeah, I mean, Baltimore, like if there was the blueprint for Baltimore to win was going, it, the game was going the exact way that they wanted it to. You know, the Bengals had three possessions in the first half. Um, they Baltimore answered the touchdown drive um, with a 17 play, 25 minute drive. That's what it felt like, and they just not mucked it up. But you know, it was their game. Like they, it was their style. And I think at this point, obviously in the year, the cliche is you know, it just win. You know, it doesn't gotta be pretty. You know, you just gotta win and. And I think, you know, obviously there's big takeaways. I mean, I'm not even really going to highlight the the craziness of the Hubbard play because I think it, that in and of itself is insane. And I think we'll end up giving time to it at some point while we're talking about this. But, I mean, yeah, the biggest thing is now you you go 15 weeks with a untouched offensive line and now you lose your third starter. And... You know, you now bring Jackson Carmen into the mix. And quite honestly, I don't think he looked terrible. Um, he I he think, looked a lot better than I thought he was going to look when Jenna Williams went down. And if I you think, told me that Jackson Carmen would be playing tackle Sunday, yikes. <laughs> yikes. I think the just the raw, you know, power athleticism that he has, like, kind of makes up for it. Like, you can't bull rush him. Like, he's you're not going to bull rush him. Or you're not going to go around him, I should say. You can bull rush him because there's technique stuff that he's still not 100% with. I mean, it, it, it's nice that he obviously played tackle in college, so you just kind of fill him in there. I personally was okay with it. Um, obviously, it might have been a little bit different if Isaiah Prince was activated off the practice squad, but he wasn't. So in the grand scheme of things, I think the offense kind of looking sluggish after the first drive of the second half was understandable. I think Baltimore ended up, you know, adjusting and whatnot, but that's the biggest thing that I think for me is, you know, now you're kind of not necessarily back to square one. I think the O line is constructed now is better than last year's. Um, 
so that is nice. Um, but yeah, I, it's I I had something I wanted to bring up. I totally forgot about it right now, which is going to drive me absolutely nuts. But yeah, I mean, you just take care of business and you move on. And now you get that game against Buffalo, which obviously is a very anticipated matchup because you get, you know, it's after how the whole thing unfolded, you know, a couple of Mondays ago. Um, but I actually think they match up, you know, nicely, you know, with Buffalo. We had kind of talked about it over text throughout the night. Um, that was probably the toughest defense that they'll face in route to a potential Super Bowl. I think the toughest defense that they might face would maybe be, you know, the Niners or the Eagles. Um, but those two kind of have their own flaws in and of itself. But Baltimore's just kind of, you know, it's it's a tight, it's a good group. You know, they good interior rushers, good edge rushers, really good linebackers, solid corners. Like, yeah. So, and, um, oh my God, I literally just had it and I lost it. It's fucking incredible. So, yeah. I Sorry, mean, man. You're still, you're still recovering from Sunday. I know a lot of us, there's a lot to process, so. Yeah, just a little bit for sure. But yeah, no, I mean, it's oddly enough, I remember it now, my heart rate did not like, it wasn't beating out of my chest that last drive, which is crazy. And we kind of mentioned it last week, you know, you don't have like that pressure of not winning a playoff game. Like that's out the window. So I was calm. The only part of me that was kind of freaking out was if they scored, they were 100% going for two. That's when that heart rate just would have shot through the roof. So like that was, but I felt like that defense, especially after the hold, you know, that, that crucial holding, to put it to, I think it was either second and 20 or third and 20 com- completely, I think changed how you feel about it, but the horrible technique on the Hail Mary, just bat the ball down. That was insane. So, but it, yeah, that I, last play was so close. And if you go back and look at it, I think it was Hilton that was clearly <laughs> trying to tip it down and just tipped it right up. And then, Oh my, it was so close to being catch and just a dagger. Yeah. Cause they would have went for two. And with that momentum, like, oof. Yeah, and so, yeah, I mean, it's nice to get a win. I think the expectation for the team moving forward probably is, you know, every year it, you got to get out of the wild card round if you're in it. I think that's, you know, you, that's it's it's almost expected. Like, you got to take care of that business. And then the division, like the divisional round, like not doesn't start the playoffs for us as fans, which is also, once again, crazy to say out loud, but that's kind of where it, it's like, all right, now we go. So, yeah, I mean, those are my thoughts. And bring on Buff. Hey, go beat the Buffaloes. That was an all-time. I know that, like, everyone said that, but that I could watch that video over and over and over again. Um, but now I uh, – Geez, you bring up an interesting point about the two-point conversion uh, because – that didn't even occur to me until after the game that I'm like, yeah, Harbaugh definitely would have gone for that. And that could have been trouble because that entire time I kept being like, all right, well, so what we're like, we're up seven, you know, we get the ball back and I, I, you know, I trust Burrow with a minute on the clock and no timeouts. We need a field goal. Like it's not. And I think that's kind of another luxury that we have as fans that I can't say I ever felt that way about Dalton and was probably too young to be thinking 
forward that much when Palmer was here. And but, John Harbaugh tried to take a page out of Mike Vrabel's book from the divisional round last year where they just decided to basically go into like chew clock mode in under two minutes and just yeah. not use timeouts. Like that yeah. last drive that the Bengals ended up getting the interception on, obviously against Tennessee. It was yeah. eerily similar to this like drive. And, yeah. think, and you brought up the points. Like you fight this battle. Do you want to, you know, burn those timeouts, leave, you know, more time on the clock for, you know, Burrow or whatever. And um, yeah, I think that it was crazy. And like when they, that decision, I was like, well, well shit, here we go. Like it, it, it is truly, it's on the defense. Like they're like, they're not going to get the ball back with any, like enough time to do anything. And especially with the fact that F, outside of the first drive of the second half, the O-line didn't look great. And Baltimore yeah. had kind of sat on everything and it it was a completely different, you know, game the rest of the way. Yeah. But yeah. Sorry. Which is, sorry I chimed in. No, and that and and we'll obviously talk about this later as we get going into Buffalo, but like you said, <laughs> I do think this is the toughest that was the toughest defense that we'll face until a possible Super Bowl if we get there. Um and and at at the same time, the two defenses that I think we would end up facing, or, you know, we're obviously going to play the Bills, as interesting as that Jacksonville-Kansas City game is, I still think Kansas City's going to end up winning that game. But those defenses aren't built to do that. The, the, the defenses on the elite teams in the NFL are not built to uh, to try to sit on everything and, you know, we're you know, we're going to play tight. Uh, Baltimore just kind of has the talent to be able to do that and the scheme to be able to do that. But, but I mean, Buffalo is going to be sitting back on everything. Kansas city is going to be sitting back on everything. Uh, and you know, by the time you know, I, the Super Bowl, anything could happen. I don't even want to try to, you know, discuss that, but I, I think, you know, I feel comfortable after that win. I know I said, I think I said 31, 10, uh, was going to be the score, but, um, 13. Yeah, I'm not I didn't walk away from that being like, oh, man, like that was kind of a scare. Uh, like, he's, uh, you know, to your point, it's like that. We, I, I was confident we were going to end up winning that game. Um, the Hubbard play was one of the coolest. That was I mean, obviously, that's probably what everyone's biggest takeaway was. But that was the that was just so cool. And, and I love that it was him. Um, because I do feel like he's meant more to this team than he gets credit for. Um, I'm not saying that he's, you know, uh, you know, up there with the Boses and, um, you know, those kind of elite DNs, but I think that for this defense, he's meant meant more uh, than he gets credit for. And I think that was, that was a, a, just a great moment. And, um, you know, I've heard this a lot too, but shout out Mike Tarico for that call. That was incredible too. Especially after, the previous NBC broadcast. Yeah. And, well, the excitement was one thing, but the other thing was his mind immediately went to like, that's a live ball, which that yeah. wasn't where my head was. It was like, all right, dive on it or something. And like, it happened um, so quick. Like, I don't know how it could have been blown dead. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it, it wasn't like one of those, like he's held up. The line judges are starting to come in. Like he's yeah. on top of the pile. Then the ball came out. It was like that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, just a great heads up play by, uh, Jermaine Pratt and, and Logan Wilson. Um, and I don't know that just, I'll, I'll always remember watching it. That was one I mean, of the it's, yeah. that I think I've ever seen out of the Bengals. Um, honestly, and, any, 
honestly any team I think we can collectively say we cheer for. Like the only other thing that I think kind of rivals in comparison to it, at least in our lifetime and in the like the magnitude is, you know, obviously you had the Jermaine Pratt interception last year, but that's its own circumstance. The Jay Bruce walk off home run also its own circumstance. But like when you think of like the Hubbard play in of itself and what it meant for the game. Yeah. Like, it completely yeah. swung, you know, like, yeah, I think if this if, is, if he scores 24 to 17, the way the offense was going, I mean, uh, I've been listening to Mo Edgar throughout, throughout the week and he's been bringing up the win probability numbers. Like, yeah, yeah. Like they were, it was yeah. in the eighties uh, yeah. and the, the play itself is obviously, you know, Logan and Jermaine get the credit, yeah. but you got to look at Jesse Bates tracking down Huntley on that long run. The, yeah the blow up of the um the screenplay on second down the cam sample just grazing the ball and yeah. I've, i honestly i think the ball was going to be underthrown anyways to ricard in the flat but yeah i mean yeah like everybody like this defense every time they've needed a play in when it mattered late in the year they have stepped up and but you in, know what honestly like you know what hold up real quick when you say like they need a play What's what is so cool, I think, about that play in hindsight is that like, I mean, yes, obviously you want to get a stop there. There were 11 minutes left in that game. Like this defense has graduated from the we're going to save it on the last drive of the game to now. And they've done it all year where they they're making plays consistently throughout the game. And that is not what, you know, we saw it in a couple of the second halves towards the back half of last year, but they're really getting full complete games out of this defense, which is something new, even from last year, um, which I think is going to be, I don't know that, that I have little. Yeah. And and I like, But but I don't think we're going to, you know, I, I don't see this defense digging some of the first half holes that we did last year, um, and, and even though you know, we've shown we can get out of them. But I think that that was a that, that what it what's crazy about, like, you know, that play is that I think, you know, 10 years from now, we're all going to think of that as like, oh, like that was, you know, two minutes left in the game. Like, no, we still had time in that game. That was just a it was just a great play. And, and the defense has gotten to the point where they're playing at that do or die level more often than just the back half of the fourth quarter. Um, but I that was, I think that was my biggest takeaway. And yeah, Donnie, let's, uh, let's hear your thoughts. Yeah. Piggybacking right off what you said. I don't think this defense would go down as one of the, the best of all time, but I do think it's going to be one of the most opportune defenses. They always strike when you most need it. And that's what they did last year. That's why that run was able to happen. Really? This Bengals team they bend and don't break. This defense in particular, they gave up a lot of yards to the Ravens, especially on the ground. Um, I think they gave up 155 on the ground. Obviously, Huntley. Go ahead. They uh, real, on that the rushing point. I heard a quote from Jesse Bates. It was like, "We're tired. You know, it's gonna be nice not to be playing the triple option." You're right. I might be making too much of this, but like something tells me Lou like got a little in over his head in the assignment football last week where it was like, all right, you know, at some point you just need to let your players make plays. Well, in the second half, he. I think that I think that's where that comment comes from, which is in my mind a great thing because I don't think that Lou is going to do that against teams that, you know, 
we're, well, this, you're not running into that situation again. Yeah. I mean, in the second half, he took Hendrickson was only on the field really for like true passing downs. And he, he put sample on the edge because everything that Baltimore was doing in, in the run game was, you know, outside zone stuff. And I think the run game, the run D looked a lot better in the second half than it did the first half. And then, you know, the biggest thing too, was we, Mike Hilton really wasn't on the field that much because like the personnel stuff that obviously Baltimore had. And honestly, I don't really understand that because I mean, Mike Hilton is, I agree. He's, he's, he's made, he's made he's Derek, one of our best run yeah. defenders like, he's made, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. I mean, every time he was on the field on Sunday, he was either in the backfield with a, a tackle for a loss or a sack. Like he just makes plays, especially he's just downhill. So that was kind of, that was the one thing I think throughout the game. And at least the next day I was like, I still don't really understand that. But like, I'm way past the point of like questioning Lou. Like, right. Do you? Sorry, Donnie. How can you? No, you're good. Yeah. No, but like, how can you question this defense? Obviously they're, they're going to make mistakes. They're not perfect. But like I said earlier, when you need them to step up, they're going to step up. Um, going into like what we said last week, we weren't worried about the defense. We knew they were going to be able to make the plays when we needed to. They did. We said we weren't worried about Burrow. The offense in the second half, and credit to the Ravens, they the second half went exactly what they needed, how how they needed it to go to be in that game. The Bengals had four drives. We had four punts. We had four three and outs. Obviously, we had the the punt that was called back with the roughing the punter. Um, Baltimore, you know, with the offensive line problems, Burrow had to get the ball out quick. I think that um, if you look at it, 16 of his throws, and I think he threw for 32 in the game. Were was 20, yeah, he was like 23 of like 30-something. Yeah. Yeah. 16 of those were out out of his hands in under two seconds. I mean, he was taking what the Ravens gave him, a lot of uh, checkdowns, quick passes, and that's but fine. But he's been doing that. He's been doing that all year, though. Like, right. I don't think that's all. Like, I, I know, I obviously, I understand what you're getting at, but he's been doing that all year. Like, that's what they've had to do. Right. For the most yeah. Part. Yeah. So, and I don't think Burrow played bad. Don't get me wrong. It was just, you know, now that I guess we'll we'll talk about this, you know, the rest of the playoffs down the road, so I won't mention it. But Burrow's going to have to really step up now with the regards to how bad the offensive line is going to be. And I think it's just inevitable. I, it's not going to be good no matter how we scheme it. But I still have full trust in Joe Burrow, and he was good enough Sunday to get the win. Um, what else? And Unlike you guys, I know there was a certain level of I wasn't worried like the Raiders game, for instance, last year, I was terrified. I was terrified the whole game. I was like, how are the Bengals going to blow this this year? There wasn't quite that, but I was really nervous that last drive and the Ravens are driving. I don't know. Maybe it's just the way I am, but I was really nervous because the Ravens, I mean, we talked about it, playing them. You you play a team back to back, you play a rival like they are. There's just so many things that line up where it's like, this is not good. I do not like this for whatever reason. And the Ravens had a perfect game plan. They held on to the ball. Um, they limited the Bengals offense and Huntley played pretty well for a back backup quarterback. Um, obviously, he had two big mistakes, the fumble being the biggest. Um, but overall, just a, a really crazy game. And the Bengals just keep finding a way. This is a typical Bengals playoff win that we've seen under this era. 
I mean, they it's, just find a way to win. Yeah, and and I think that's the one thing that we kind of saw a little bit last year in the playoff run, but we've seen it this year. This team can win in any way, and yeah. and and it's not like and and they're willing to as well. Like they don't right. need to go out and let's take the Chiefs for example. The Chiefs want to play their style of game no matter what. Like some some of these high octane offenses. The Texans that, game is the perfect example of that. Like they want to win the way that they their style of play. And if it, it doesn't it, work, yeah. they're just gonna keep they're just gonna keep hammering that nail. Like keep at it. Yeah. Right. Like to take it to a different sport. Like it's it's honestly it's like basketball. One team wants to be up tempo, the other team wants to play in the half court. The Bengals are this team that they do not care. They'll do both, and they're comfortable doing both. And we've seen it time and time again throughout the year. It does not affect them. They relish the moment, and they're okay with it. Like they accept it. It's like we know we have to do it this way if we're going to win. Like we're not like we're going to muck it up in our own way. But if you're going to muck it up, we'll all right. We'll muck it up. If you want to do the shootout thing, all right, let's dance. Like we'll do that too. And I think that's the that was my biggest takeaway in kind of my. Another one of my takeaways, and at, at the end of the day, it's like, all right, let's let's go. Like, this team, like, they will do whatever they have to do to win, obviously. But that's the – it's just been the – that's been the epitome of this team this year. It doesn't matter what way they'll play it, and more often than not, they're going to find a way to win it. So. Absolutely. Whatever it takes, and – um yeah, I, I guess the final thing is, uh, you know, in this segment, you just the way this team does exactly that, you just have to feel good about where we're at and you can't really doubt them. Uh, the rest of the, you know, league has, you know, voiced their opinion on the matter. But we as fans, knowing this team better than anyone, you just can't doubt you can't doubt the squad. So. And, also and that when, mindset, and that mindset is huge going into this week, considering the fact that I, you could argue the Bills are one of those teams, or yeah. more or less, their quarterback is one of those players. And we'll get to that when we kind of preview it a little bit at the end. Um, but I don't have any other thoughts on this game. I don't know if you guys do. No, not really. I mean, you get out with a win. Uh, yeah, I mean, what what you wanted it to be going into it but you know like donnie said it doesn't make me feel yeah it doesn't make me feel any different about this team you're just moving on um yeah this part of the year that's all that matters yep a a win is a win get the hell out of there let's go to orchard park and uh you know play the buffaloes uh like jamar said so yep so and i think before we head up to buffalo we've got a very important segment wow Let's just get it in real quick. Donovan-tology before we get into Donovan the, the game next week. The they most, had to give yeah. it to him. Kentucky the most tailgates and, and heartbreaks thing ever. Kentucky 2-0 and o after last week. 2-0. So. and o, And for the record, me and, me and Tito said they weren't dead. You did. Me, me and Tito were both uh, like, I don't, they're not dead yet. I, I think uh, I went out. I Tito said they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think <laughs> you did, Tito. It's okay. Whatever. I think Tito said, you know, UK losing that South Carolina team, who I think is 0-2 since the Kentucky oh, yeah. game. Yeah. yeah. We caught uh, we caught Ole Miss last night that shot, I think, like 
27 points better than their season average from three. Mm. So, yeah. That's tough. That's yeah. tough. But, no, UK goes down to Knoxville and upsets the Volunteers in what was a really ugly game. I mean, it was very defensive. Came down to the last couple of possessions and free throws, which UK has struggled with all year. They shot lights out from the line Saturday. And it was a huge win. No one in the state of Kentucky likes the Volunteers. It felt great because that team is so unlikable, too. I can't stand that team. So it felt really good. Now, granted, I'm not coming out and saying UK is back. UK is even a good team. You saw in Georgia, we were down by, I think, 12 last night to the Bulldogs. Who, granted, before you say anything, Austin, are better than people. Mike White's got that team playing really well. They have yeah. really good play. But okay. they're they're gonna finish bottom of the barrel probably in the SEC. But I think yeah, right now they're Georgia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, let's. But uh, no, Donnie. Yeah, it was a great win for you. Got you guys up to I believe eighth in the ESPN SEC power rankings out of fourteen teams. So you love to see that. Um, this way out, we got Texas A&M next. They're horrible. You just take it a game at a time and try to get better as the year goes on. Oscar is finally looking like himself from last year. Yeah. 35 and 20 last night. Yeah. So, I mean, the problem is, is we don't have any good shooters, really. No, you so, don't. Yeah. <laughs> that'll be really interesting to see. Uh, I mean, if we're just going to throw down to Oscar last night, you saw against some teams, that's going to be, we're going to be able to win. But you play someone like Alabama, it's just impossible. So, um, I guess, you know, I don't want to talk about UK this whole time. And we're going quick here. XU continues their their streak. Uh, they beat Marquette on – and what a great day for a Xavier fan because obviously you think you're probably a Bengals fan as well. Having the Xavier game and then the Bengals game, that was great. Um, I hate to say it, but XU is – I was going to say, you guys in, like, tip your hat territory? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. I, John, I don't know – like, you have a giant dump in your pants if you can't appreciate the season that they're putting up. No, I, what Sean Miller's doing is incredible. Can you guys hear really? Yeah. Yeah, we got you. Um, no, I I do tip my cap to him, but I'm also every big win that they've had in conference play has been at home. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, their best road wins like at St. John's, right? I think. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm I'm not poking holes in them as a team. Like they're talented. I yeah. Suli Boom is an incredible get. He's the, I, he's the best player on the team. He's what makes that team go. Yeah. That that him transferring there is huge for where this team is at now. But I will say though, yeah, like let's wait until they you know go to Creighton to Marquette. Yeah. Um, Which is all coming up in two. I think they've got like a two or three week stretch coming up in two weeks where they have a lot of those tough uh, Big East road games. But they got a cakewalk tonight against DePaul and then another one at home on Saturday against Georgetown, who, I mean, Jesus, crime it is. That is hilarious. Uh, (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep shouting them out until they lose Charleston. Yeah. Uh, 19 and one now, I believe, um, ranked 18th in the country. Um, I mean, that's, it's, that's just unbelievable. Um, I can't, this has to be the last stop before a power five school for old Pat Kelsey. Um, I just, I don't, 
I please it. just drive up 26 and step into Colonial Life Arena for me, please, please, Pat. He's um I I think he's depending on what jobs open up. I think he, it's another year or two. No, so I don't. I don't. He's he'll be there for the next five years. Like I don't think, so? think that. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean the like how could you not love the light? Like if they stay doing this. He's living in Charleston. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Well, and I'm, and I'm not. I, even, but like, I'm not even saying like he'd come, you know, back home Midwest type thing. I'm just saying like if one of those jobs, you know, in the Carolinas opens up, you know, whether like I like that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, not, like, I get I get you. But I'm just I take a walk like, around College of Charleston and. No, it looks incredible. Talk. Yeah, it looks yeah. incredible. I'm not. Yeah. Dude, like my he, favorite videos of on Twitter are, are him just walking around. Just everyone loves him there. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I, I mean, mean it, and you can tell he's not energy. going up to people. Yeah, he's not going up to all these people and be like, hey, I'm going to record this video. He's just walking up and and they love him. So, yeah. No, it's, uh, he's it's awesome. awesome. Yeah, I always love talking about him. Uh, shout out Kelsey Chev. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that's about all I've got on. Um, oh, one last thing. Kansas State. Be Dude, luckier. Be luckier yeah. in two it, very bro. important games. I know they did, but that guy was out of bounds, and that TCU back scored in the Big 12 championship. They got if you were a Kansas State student, buy a lottery ticket right now. You are never going to be this lucky again in your life. Um. Anyway, so yeah, I think that's uh, that's it yeah, on college basketball. And Donnie, I just got I got one more thing. UC took a took a. Uh, a trip back in time to the Mick Cronin day Saturday, that game against SMU was horrendous, but we found a way to win. Um, and then the best team in college basketball is Alabama and they're one of their players just murdered someone. So we'll ah, see how that, how that entails for uh, Donovan Tology in the future. So yeah. Stay tuned. Um, one last thing you see, I, I haven't brought this up on here cause obviously we haven't done it in a while. uc has got an all time name team, uh, recruit. Jizzle yes. James. Jizzle James. Yeah. What a yeah. Jizzle I mean, James. what a ridiculous name. I yeah. I love it. That's yeah, that's the best. <laughs> yeah, anyway. I'm, I'm very excited for the the year three of West Miller era. I'm I'm honestly still like I'm excited about the team now just because like I love watching David DeJulius play. Yeah. Like in, in the span of, you know, three years. He's become one of my favorite Bearcats, and it's a shame that he hasn't been on a team that's, you know, been uh, in that NCAA tournament realm. Yeah. I think he's been phenomenal for UC. Um, yeah. And, I I mean, Big Vic is just electric. Like, yeah. Victor Locken he is, taking dude. the jump from last year to this year is simply incredible, and I'm excited for another year of that. Um, but that's all I want to say. Yeah, I mean – We'll finish like twenty and like twelve or something like that. Probably. Like we're head like Oh yeah. No, I mean we're just we're getting a little bit better against Houston. Just a smidge. Like we're, <laughs> Dude. We're, we're, we're like I uh the um like the alternate I, line's still not gonna be embarrassing. The I I've I have <laughs> since unfollowed the account. But and I, I probably should have unfollowed it a lot sooner, but the Barstool Cincy account did the whole, oh. like, hang the banner, and it was out-rebounded Houston by, like, three. I'm like, I get what you're trying to do, but, like, you're also, like, kind of being, like, 
yeah, I was just like, I'm out, I'm out, I'm done. Yeah. Because there were like that five accounts, straight tweets. There so. were like five straight tweets about it. I was like, I'm out, I'm done. Sorry. Yeah. Like we um, lost like 13. Donnie is uh, is Coach Rick Crowell going to be making an appearance on the sidelines again <laughs> this year? Um, I'll have to talk to him. Okay. I think he's waiting on a couple of things. I think his, you know, his suit that he was going to wear got caught up at the dry cleaners. He said. Oh man. And then uh, there was some talk about a potential toupee to kind wow. of embrace the uh, maybe like a Bill Self route. Okay. Um, we'll see. I, I'll I'll have a conversation with them, and as soon as that news breaks, you'll hear it uh here first at Tailgates and Heartbreaks. So yeah. Good stuff. Well, I didn't even know yeah. Rick knew where the dry cleaners were. So everything's coming up, Rick, today. <laughs> uh, let's get into uh, what everyone's got on their mind. Big game Sunday, Bengals-Bills. I really wish it was Saturday. but I don't. I've already, I've already stated why I don't, personally. But what? That's just Wait, why? why not? Oh, yeah. You're Three basketball games on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Coach, Dude, yeah. can you imagine it, if you had it, to miss that game? Because yeah, it'd be it'd be tough to uh, to tote the line of the amount of alcohol I would like to consume and then just go co- coach a bunch of eighth graders. That's a tough line. That's tough. Yeah, I can't can't really yeah. balance that. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. But no, um, huge game, obviously. Um, bunch of really I think important, not trends, but things that you can take away from this previous weekend um first things first it's only a small sample size but this year if burrow has been sacked more than three times they're one and three they were oh and three up until this previous weekend so that's kind of that unfortunate lucky number that i think you kind of have to keep a eye on um once again Counterpoint, he got sacked nine times against the Titans last no, year I, in the playoffs. I, I know, but I'm just looking at trends from this year. I understand. I get it. Just saw it. Um, the one thing, though, that is interesting, because people are freaking out about the O-line, um, real quick. So on 29 dropbacks, when Miami didn't uh, blitz Josh Allen, he was pressured 12 times at 41.4% and he was sacked three times. Uh, 34 dropbacks for Burrow when Baltimore didn't blitz. He was pressured eight, 23.5%, sacked three times. Um, when Allen was blitzed, which was 19 times against Miami, uh, 15 balls completed eight uh, for Buck 49, but he had one touchdown and one interception. So the... There's a lot of talk about the Bengals of the line being bad, but the Bills offensive line throughout the year has been one of the weaker spots on the team. Lou is not a huge blitzer. Um, I'm, I believe that might change this weekend. Um, and outside of Stefan Diggs, you know, the wide receiver group doesn't necessarily scare me. See, I, I get that. Because Cole Beasley's on the field. When Cole Beasley's on the field, you don't have a good wide receiver room in 20. You know, he he had a good career, but he's not who he once was. Um, but I feel like everyone's just writing Gabe Davis off, and he had some pretty big plays for them in that Miami game. So yeah, I get that like, narrative, but I'm this not 100% buying it as much as I think most people are. I mean, I'm not like 
I the obviously the you know the past four weeks we've been matched up with the Bills twice. So you know if you're I've been listening to a bunch of stuff throughout that time and and they've said they see it like they're like outside of Stephon Diggs, seeing how defenses play the Bills outside the numbers and you know every other wide receiver outside of Diggs, they don't really fear that group. And yeah, you can factor in Dawson Knox, but you got tight end covering specialist Trey Flowers who. That's his only role. And plus, even if he's not on the field for it, your linebackers, you're more than comfortable with them playing coverage. So, I mean, the O-lines are going to be the obviously the big talking point. You know, how much pressure does does the Bengals, you know, front four, linebackers, whatever, get on Allen, reverse it for the Bengals. Um, but I think the biggest thing, the biggest difference for me is is just the play of the two quarterbacks. And Burrow this year, outside of the one game, has protected the ball very well. He's not, you know, he's not taking risks. Um, All of his other interceptions outside of, you know, I think it was maybe one or two, they've all been off batted balls. So it's not like he's, you know, throwing slant routes or, you know, digs or what or goes that are getting intercepted. He's. He's taking sacks that he's or or he's throwing the ball away. You know, there you saw it a couple of times on Sunday night too, where the read wasn't there, throw it in the dirt, whatever. So on the flip side, there's Josh Allen, who is this unicorn. He can do things that no other QB in the NFL can do with his size, his arm, all that stuff, his ability to run. But he's he's a, he's a turnover prone quarterback. He's a turnover but, machine this year. And whether it's whether it's fumbling or th- interceptions, like even if the Bengals are down on Sunday, you still the Bills are one of these teams again. They don't really run the ball well. They like to play their style of offense. It doesn't change what the score is. Yeah. So you're you, like you're I'm not like you're never gonna really feel out of it. Yeah. Like, the Chiefs game last year in the AFC Championship game. They needed to create those turnovers, but like I wasn't sitting there saying, all right, well, Mahomes is going to turn the ball over, you know, like that doesn't happen often. Whereas Allen, like that's something that he's done obviously in the early part of his career, but a ton this year. And it's, I mean, the, that fumble that he had that, uh, gave the Dolphins the lead back early in the third quarter. I mean, it's. I don't know. It's one of those plays where it's like I don't like I don't really count that against Josh Allen the same way that I wouldn't count some of the Steelers turnovers against Joe Burrow because it was like that play just got way out of hand. <clears throat> but that happens like a decent amount. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, to your point, it's it, you know, it's not and like it's, it's not like Mahomes where you're yeah. like we need to wait and try to bait him into a mistake. It's like with Josh Allen. All right. We just need to wait. Yeah, and you and, combine you combine that fact with like we talked about earlier with this Bengals defense and how opportune they are. I mean, your eyes just light up. Yeah, as big as the sun. And, so, yeah, and that that's my bold prediction for this game. Either, either we are going to come out there and it's just not going to be our day, and they light it up. Which you know, if Demar Hamlin's riling up the crowd and they got all the energy in the world and their team of destiny, whatever. I think if this game's close, I, I take the Bengals ten times out of ten. Uh, you know, if it's if we're if it's 
a one possession game in the fourth quarter going into the fourth quarter hammer me on the Bengals. So what do you think is more likely the Bengals, which one of those scenarios? I think it's a close game. Yeah. I think that okay. the, I think there's a one-off shot that we just, you know, this is just the bills day because those things happen in sports. I think it's, I think it, I think you can flip it with the Bengals too. Like, I think if you like, I think you can realistically, I mean, yeah. granted, like it was, you know, eight minutes of play. The way Monday that Monday night game was trending, the way it felt, you know, through those yeah. first two drives, like I think, I just I don't see that happening because I do think that I do think that the first quarter and a half of this game are going to be fireworks, and then I think it's you know everyone's going to settle in. Um, I I I don't know I don't see unless I don't know unless Jamar just has a Hall of Fame type game which he's shown that he can do on any given Sunday. I, I, I I don't know. I I don't really see that happening, but I think it's a close game and I think the Bengals win. I, um, and, and when I say close game, I, I really do think I lean more towards the something that looks like Baltimore where it's like, we're up a score late and, you know, I I don't think it's going to be necessarily a come from behind deal. Um, the only thing that worries me a little bit is, um, is having to scheme like I don't okay this might be like a complete I don't know I did see stats to back this up their defensive pass rush is so much worse without Von Miller so when you don't have to scheme around that as as with a bad offensive line and now you're you know you're already meeting a deplete a depleted defensive line I I just I like the Bengals I like the Bengals in a close one. I, I don't see this being a blowout, but I, I'm, I don't know. I like the matchup the first time and I still feel the same way now. I think the biggest thing for me is it, the Bengals have felt since they've gone on this run, there's nine straight games. They have felt like the more complete team in the AFC. Like you yeah. can't really poke a ton of holes on both sides of the ball. Now, granted, you can poke more holes on the offensive side of the ball because of the O-line. But, yeah. like, defensively, they can play man fine. They can play zone fine. They'll take away the run. I think the Ravens game's kind of a one-off. Um, and offensively, we talked about it. Like, they, they've struggled to run the ball. They struggled on Sunday. However, like, if, if they— The start- Ravens aren't the Bills on— like on yeah. defense. So it's like, I, I don't see, you know, I'm not saying we're going to run for 200, but I don't yeah. think it's going to be like, wow, they really got stymied. And I think the, the one thing that is a luxury that I didn't think we would have in the beginning of the year that we have had now is the, the loss of some of these pieces on the D line. Now you have, you know, guys like Cam Sample stepping up and has started to play a bigger role in the defense. Third round pick Zach Carter, Towards the back end of the season, he's kind of start to put it together. Jay Tufele picking him up off waivers. He's been a huge addition. Joseph Osai is now finally like kind of starting to come into his own a little bit. And oh, he is coming into his own. That man needs to be talked about more. He's played some very good football over the last couple. And I think I think we'll see him a lot more on Sunday. um, Considering I don't think like Josh is going to throw the ball probably forty times. Like I, they're not going to be a balanced team on Sunday. 
So I think you're going to see a lot more of Asai, a lot more of Hendrickson. You have the ability to put Sam inside. Like, he has done it in the past. He has that ability. Um, but Sam's also having a career year. Like, we kind of talked about it. Tito, you mentioned it earlier in the year, like, how important he's been for this team. And you're right. But the biggest thing, too, is, is he's been phenomenal. Like, it's the best year of his career by far. Like, as a pass rusher. Yeah, like, no, he's I, been, think Sam, I think Sam sacks Josh a lot this weekend. I hate you. I thought he froze. <laughs> I hate you. I no, didn't know you um, were such good friends with these guys, Geez. Shut up, Tito. Yeah, I'm. That was a softball, Geese. Come on. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. Like I said, I'm. We're shaking off the rust in more ways than one over here. Um, hey, no, all <laughs> the all the NFL players hang out at the PFF office when they're off the clock. Everyone knows that. All right, whatever. Getting back on track here. Um, I'm also pumped at the idea that this is going to be a snow game. Just going to look great. Mm. Just like a. Oh, is there a high chance? Is there a high? It was. High it was. Or? I think it was supposed to hold off a couple of days ago, but now in the middle of a week, it's like an 80% chance. I think that it's going to Can snow. Can you imagine if it was like 12 feet or whatever it was when they were supposed to play um, earlier this year, and we actually had to. Uh, to go to a neutral site game because of the snow after all that bullshit. <laughs> that would be, it, it, yeah, it would be, it would be a storyline. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in your boat, Tito. I think it's going to be a close game, but I, I think I, you brought it up. I, I think the Bengals are going to be able to create turnovers. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Josh has, you know, two, no, whether it be a fumble or an interception, um, that wouldn't surprise me. But if you ask me, is Burrow going to turn the ball over twice? Hell, even once, I'd be like, probably not. And outside of the crazy fiasco that was the Jags-Chargers game, like if you like five turnovers, you should win a game 100%. Like if in the turnover battle is a huge thing in any football game. It's even more. It's even more important in the playoffs. The Bengals are going to get a probably like ten more possessions than they did this weekend against ball compared to last weekend. You would hope. Like the Bengals were barely on offense. It felt like against Baltimore. The Bengals are going to get those chances on Sunday. Like it. It's just going to be a completely different game. I in the sense of what you see from the offense. Maybe not the efficiency or you know it. It's going to be a close game. I don't expect them to put up 40, but I think Burrow's numbers are going to look better. I think the run game is going to look better. I think all of that's just going to kind of find its level a little bit. Um, I mean, I'm not going to not pick the Bengals to win. I don't think even in this podcast, history, I don't think I've ever not picked them to win, even when they sucked. So, yeah, I mean, and that is where we're at now, which is so cool that it's like, no, you, you could – I mean, if we were going to candlestick tomorrow, I'd still say, I, you know, I'm not going to doubt that, that the Bengals would win. That's just who my, we are now. And quite honestly, my least favorite part about this game is I have to listen to Tony Rim on Sunday. Not looking forward oh, to it. Oh, God. I, I think it, it's going to be, well, shoot, I guess it's Allen. Yeah. 
Because he just loved on he was I mean that was ridiculous the the first game with Brady but Josh Allen's not going to be any better. I would I would honestly rather listen to Al Michaels and Tony Dungy call this game. I'd rather to, listen to Lap than have oh. than have to listen to Tony Romo talk. <laughs> that means truly. a lot, Austin. Coming from you, that that really means a lot. Like oh my God! Wait! Oh, we didn't talk about that in the with the Hubbard play. Lapham's call of that? My God, get your foot off of Dan Hort's throat and let him call the game. Sir. I know, and that's that's the one thing about Lap that I get, but I think it's so entertaining just in the background, him just going, yeah, all right. It's like, perfect. Like, it's perfect if he takes two steps away from the microphone. That is perfect because I do love those. When you get like uh, some, t- you can very rarely hear it on the TV broadcast, but it's usually on the radio broadcast. You can hear like if you're listening to the national broadcast, you can hear the hometown radio guys going ballistic two seats over. And that is an awesome addition to a yeah. call. I just I don't know with Lapham. I, I he's so what what I I don't know. My deal with him is so tough because it's like he is such a happy, jolly guy. He's a good dude. It's not like I would ever say anything bad about him as a person. It's just like, dude, your choice of profession was like, I'm not like I didn't I didn't try out for the you know, I'm not going to open tryouts for the Bengals. You know, I know that I can't play in the NFL. He should know that his spot is not in a radio booth. But anyway. Getting back on track. Tony, Tony Romo's ruined Jim Nance, like for me. Like Jim Nance, like I think for, Jim Nance is ruined. Jim Nance, but <laughs> but like when you think of like probably so, but like when you think of like big like pivotal pivot pivotal AFC games, you know, going back years, like that's he's the guy that's on the call, and it's that's just kind of what we've grown up with. Bengals were never in those games, so like you're kind of like it's. It's a byproduct. You're getting the best CBS crew. It's like it's a byproduct of the moment. Now it's like Tony just sits there and just loves all of Mahomes and Allen. Like it's those two. I would be honest if it's. We'll get to it when we talk. If it become if it is a Burrow Lawrence AFC Championship game, I'll be okay with it because I don't have to listen to him rave over Mahomes and Allen. Yeah, I don't know. My only only deal with Jim Nance is that, like, Brett Musburger had... um, Who the hell was before him? Why am I losing his name? What are you talking about? Famous guy that always used to call the Rose Bowl before Brent. Pete Jackson, sorry. Yeah. Pete Jackson. He had Keith Jackson to, like, set the mold of, like, the old... You know, we're going to make this about the pageantry and the scene and the moment and all that stuff. And Jim Nance can't fit into that mold because he he's got the self-awareness to not just come up with a southern draw out of nowhere. So he's been trying to find his own niche, even with basketball and the Masters. He's great for because that's all that is. But for like college basketball and college football, sometimes it's like, dude, this is a sport. Like, you know, we can acknowledge that, that, you know, this is like, you know, we're not watching a, a a soldier come home and greet his dog. Like the, you know, he gets a little Tom Rinaldi on it, and I, I don't love it. But Ian Eigel and Charles Davis should be the new A one for CBS. For CBS, Ian, yeah. yeah. Ian yeah. Eigel is incredible. Yeah, it's Ian awesome. Eagle. Ian Eagle, but, sorry. 
Yeah, Ian Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, no, he's boy. awesome. But anyway, enough about the commentators. Uh, Donnie, how, what, uh, like, outside of the things we've already discussed, what's like one thing that you want to see from think, the Bengals side? Um, you know, this game is really tricky to me because, I mean, I'll just start from this. This game setting up and all the national storylines and all the history that's happened just in the past two weeks between these two teams, a rematch of this magnitude is why you love the NFL. It's going to be great. And now the Bengals are involved. It makes you love it even more. Um, that being said, walking into Buffalo and I don't, the rumors are that Hamlin's going to lead them onto the field and all this stuff. Normally, that would really worry me, and I would think the Bengals are screwed. But given kind of the national perspective, you know the NFL wants the Chiefs and Bills. I love that for the Bengals. I love it. I love this situation for them and this team, and I think they're going to be ready for it. I think that – I don't know. I, as much as I'm nervous, and this is crazy, I'm almost less nervous for this game than I was the Ravens. As crazy as that sounds, for some reason, and I can't I don't think really... that's I don't think that's out there. Like okay. you know, I, I think that's like a reasonable. Yeah, I I would agree. Looking back, I probably should have been more worried about the Ravens game than I was. I don't. I'm not going to go that far, but like, <laughs> yeah. But no, I, yeah, yeah I, I agree. Okay, well, maybe it's not as outlandish as I thought, but I don't know. I think the one thing that we need to see happen. But we always we already kind of mentioned it. If Josh Allen doesn't have any turnovers, if you tell me that the Bills don't turn the ball over at all, which is not very likely, but if that happens, I'm like, oof, okay, well, yeah, not great. And then Tito, going to your point of like the Bills could have their day and blow us out. Like I do think there's a scenario where that happens, but I just don't. I'm not going to vote against this team. I'm not going to. I'm not going to bet against them, given all the crazy stuff that's gone on. The last couple of weeks with this, you know, these two teams, you know, bring it on. I think this team is going to be ready for it. Uh, we could play in Antarctica, and I think this team would find a way to to come prepared, and I think they're going to pull it out. And they've said yeah. it a lot, and they've said it a lot since, you know, Sunday and every, like, media clipping you've seen. But this team loves going on the road. Like, they make it a point to say it, and honestly – kind of glad it's like the whole neutral site thing didn't really happen or, or whatever, because I think it just adds like, it's the Michael Jordan thing. Like you find any edge to, you find any slip yeah. no, to, I get, mean, I, to get yourself to that level. And that was my first thought after all that came out. I was like, this is the best scenario for the Bengals coming out of this that was possible. Cause at the time you didn't know, I mean, you thought DeMar Hamlin was going to be okay, but it wasn't to the extent that we are now right. at all. Right. And it's like that gave – that was just an opportunity to refocus, handed to the Bengals on a silver platter that was like, all right, you know, we got to put this behind us because now you have the entire, you know, NFL organization. I don't want to say scheming against you, but that's probably how they viewed it. And I don't know. I mean, with that whole deal – it. I don't know. It's one of those things where, like, 
the numbers will always say that they're going to want bigger markets, which is fine. I like business. It makes sense. That Bengals Ravens game was the most viewed primetime like slot for anything since the Super Bowl last year. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's like it's one of those things where it's a nice, like almost fake narrative to have out there. But it is yeah. kind of real in that the NFL keeps perpetuating it for some reason. Um, I mean, it's, I don't, I, obviously not to this extent, but it almost reminds me of Deflategate. Where it's like the NFL just kept opening that door and opening that door and opening that door. And you piss Tom Brady off enough to where he goes and wins the Super Bowl. Like it's, you know, I I think that uh, I I think that that was that was about the best outcome after that had happened. After the DeMar Hamlin situation, that was about the best outcome that you could have asked for from a purely like winning football perspective for the Bengals. And Tito, you the the question that you posed, Donnie, got me thinking. And the thing that I would love to see the most is not for not saying that they haven't, but I'd like to see the offense be the group that shines, like in the playoffs. You know, last year the defense made the big plays when they were needed. The offense, you know took care of business when those opportunities were given to them. But like Donnie brought up a good point. If Josh Allen doesn't turn the ball over, which once again, that doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. The offense is going to have to be the one that carries the team. And I'm not saying that it's a criticism on, you know, on Burrow or or anything like that, but like the offense hasn't really like looked great. It didn't really look great at times in the playoffs last year. And I, I don't want that to be like this trend because then it opens up that narrative of like, and I'm not going to give a shit about it because if they end up winning a Super Bowl with Burrow, we're going to be, we're going to be pumped. But like, I don't like defense carried and like that type of stuff. But like, it's a, like, that's the thing. Like we have seen this, like the offense hasn't been the, the unit that has carried the team in the playoffs. And I'm not but saying that they have to, but, but like I think for when's me, when's the last pers- time I, I I hear you? But when's the last time you had a Super Bowl champ that you could say that about? Like the Chiefs, and they're the last one that I can think of back to. Like think about that for a second. It's always a defense making plays. That's why Brady gets railroaded for all of his Super Bowls. His quarterback rating in Super Bowl is terrible, which doesn't it's is even more impressive considering he had an all-time game when they lost to Philly. Like that's just what that's what it takes to win a Super Bowl. There's never you're never gonna like we're you know, you're not getting the the Rams Chiefs Monday night game from four years ago in, in the playoffs. It just it doesn't happen. So I know you're not, but And I, I mean, would... I guess the, the Bills Chiefs let or two was that last year yeah last year yeah uh, a little bit but i mean i i understand what you're saying and i agree with that 100 percent. but i think just as like a fan like that thing that's the one thing that has kind of been missing yeah is you know you look at the raiders game last year and on and honestly like you look at the game this previous this past sunday like those were two games that i can recall that like the offense had a chance to kind of put it away and they they didn't so like that's the thing that I that I want to see is yeah. if that opportunity A presents itself, they cash in on it. But B, if it does become one of these games where 
I, I, I'm not saying it's going to be a shootout, but I think both teams score in the high 20s into the into the 30s. I, the offense hasn't scored more than 30 points in a while in a playoff in, in a playoff game. Yeah, under Zach Taylor, and with all the weapons that this team has, and granted, the O line last year was abysmal. Putting up 30 would have been a, you know, an achievement. That would have been a, yeah. <laughs> that would have been something. An, achieve, an achievement of itself. But you have now you got another year of this group together. You have a better offensive line than you did at this point last year. And the way the offense was humming over the, as it has throughout the nine game winning streak. We talked about it last week. They haven't really had a complete game. They've had great first halves, not great second halves, flip it, whatever. So I think that's my thing that I want to see is just the offense not take that next step because we know what they're capable of. Obviously, we've seen it the past two years. But for me, offensively, I want to see them not outperform Buffalo, but look like the offense that I think everybody kind of not envisions, but you know what I'm trying to say? Like I, this offense yeah, just no, needs I, to. That, yeah. If, no, I got you. Because the, because the defense isn't going to be able to bail you out every time. You're not going to get those perfectly timed turnovers every time. Now, granted it's happened every time past two years, but offensively they've kind of left some stuff to be desired at times. Well, and the the big thing that that now that you say that, and I, I try to go back and analyze things, the the <clears> big <throat> thing that I that really would have been like a a huge plus in that category would have been like a seven minute drive right after that Hubbard touchdown. Just to you know, and it, yeah, I'm it could end in a field goal. It doesn't matter. It's you know it, and so yeah, I mean there there is and I. And I think that speaks to to what you're saying, Keys, and, and that it's not like we need to see them be able to go out and score 35 points to show us that they're there. But it's we know, those yeah, kind of we things. We know they're there, but like those drives where you need, yeah. whether it be points, whether it be just time taken off the clock. Yeah. Like that's what that that's what this team needs. Yeah. And I think that ultimately will lead to, you know, more often than not, you're going to get seven or six compared to three or whatever, but I, you hit the nail on the head perfectly there. Like, that's what they need. Yeah. And that's what and, I want to see. It doesn't need to be this 40-point Burrow throws for 500. Granted, if it happens, sign me sign me up. Yeah. But it's just the when you have the chance to to put the team away, to land that knockout punch, to, to further the gap, don't go three and out. Don't go on, you know, this two-minute drive where you're forced to punt. Yeah. Make it a five or six minute drive. If you have to punt or whatever circumstances come up, that's fine. Whatever. But do whether it's flip the field, whatever it is, just something like that. And I think that's the one thing we've seen from this team this year. They've been able to do it. Let's see it on Sunday, because I think that change. I think that moment is going to come. Yeah. And I I like kind of going off of that. I, I think that my one thing for the offense that I would that I would say I want to see would be let's let's get that first first down you know let's and I know that sounds easy and it's you only ever hear it in college when you're talking about a spread offense but I think it kind of applies to this game a little or when you're talking about two spread offenses but I think it kind of applies to this game a little bit where it's like you need to get that first first down 
And I, it's not, I, I'm not taking it to the extreme of what the Ravens did to us last week, where it's like, you know, we need to limit their possessions to under five and a half. That's ridiculous. I don't think that there's a world in which that happens on Sunday. But you also need to take care of your defense a little bit. And, and you know, there there's going to be, there will be a two-minute stretch in this game where it turns into a ping-pong game. And I think that probably is going to happen you know, towards the end of the first quarter into the second before, before things settle down a little bit. But I think that that, that would be a nice stride for this offense to take is if we, you know, have zero or one, three and outs in this game, I, I would, I, I, I'd be pretty happy with that. And I think that would put us in a pretty good position to win. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. We've said it. We like the matchup. What? Uh, so let's flip it to like the defensive side. If you give one key or one stat that that you would want to see that you think would put us in a in a better position to win, that's not the turnover battle. I think it's the it's the ability to get to Josh Allen, whether it be in more often than not not needing to blitz. Like, that's the biggest thing. Like, if you're able to get pressure with four, it's been the big, it's been the Bengals, you know, kryptonite the past two years. If teams are able to get to you with four, hell, sometimes even three-man rushes, like, that's bad news. If you're able to get to Josh Allen with rushing four, rushing three, you know, if you're dropping eight, obviously, that's huge. Like, that is, that's the biggest key for me. And, and the defensive line has become a, a, strength of this team more so than I thought it was going to be and you can maybe make the argument it's in the outside of the obvious you know quarterback wide receiver whatever it's probably the deepest and best position group on the team you yeah, know I would agree and I think linebacker so, might would have an argument if we had like another if we had a, a backup but I love Akeem as a as a piece since we're going by first names today. But the, I think that for me is the biggest key. Obviously, if you blitz him, you get pressure. That's great. You're probably going to speed him up, force him, you know, to make those throws that have more often than not led to turnovers. But if they can rush with four and get to him, I think for me, that's my, that's my biggest key. And that's the thing I, I, you know, am looking at the most outside of, you know, who is on Stefan Diggs, that type of stuff. And I'm not necessarily worried about Eli Apple getting burnt like he did. It's two completely different teams. Like you said, it's a team that basically is a academy offense running the triple option. The Bills aren't that team. So you're not going to be, you know, looking in the backfield, all that, all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, I think that's my, that's my biggest thing is – because it's, for me, it's probably the biggest mismatch is our D-line and its depth against their offensive line that's one of the worst in the NFL and has been throughout the year. So. Yeah, I would agree with you, Dees, and I think that that's probably mine as well. I'll kind of mix it up just so we have something else to talk <laughs> about. I think you have to, as a defense, Buffalo is going to have their home runs. They're gonna. It's inevitable that Josh Allen digs. This offense is gonna find a way to hit their home runs. You just have to limit them as much as possible. Um, I think that the pressure, obviously, getting to Allen 
is a big part of, of limiting that. But yeah, I, I would think find a way to, and that's probably how a bunch of our turnovers are going to um, come into play, is is finding a way to to win those those one on wall one on one balls down the field. Um, I think Jesse Bates is going to play a huge part um, Sunday. Uh, you got to think this is his kind of last, uh, probably last go around with the Bengals. So I think he's going to ball out. Um, so yeah, I'd say limit the home run balls as much as possible. Tito, what you got? Um, I would say, and you know, we've done a pretty good job of this all year. I think we're top 15 and in, in least, uh, penalized teams, but I want to see a pretty clean game on defense. Um, <laughs> let's not, you know, if, for for me as a as a defensive backs coach, if I'm walking into the Bengals, you know, uh, building, it would be for this game. Like, let's not just don't give them any freebies. You know, they're like you said, they're going to hit their home runs, but we don't need a bailout on third down because there was a pass interference downfield or, um, you know, a holding penalty here or whatever. Um, I think if we can limit that and not really have any of those big chunk penalties on defense, um, I really like, I, I really like how we, you know, how, how our defense would fit in there. Um, because I do geese to your point. I do think, you know, I, I don't know that they're, I don't know that you'll look back at it and say, that's why we won, but I do think we'll get to Josh Allen enough to where it's a factor. Um, and, um, I think that, that, you know, a nice, addition to that would be like, let's not give them anything on the back end. Um, so that would be mine is just limit, especially just let's not, don't have a long pass interference penalty. Just don't have a long pass interference penalty. Um, and, and, you know, I think that that takes a, that gives a pretty solid advantage to, uh, to the hoods. Um, I think that's about all I got looking at, looking at this game. I yeah. don't know. Let's do uh let's do score predictions real quick. Yeah. Um Geez, you want to go first? Yeah. Um I do think that this is the game that they finally hit that 30 point mark. Um not because how do I phrase it? Not that I'm saying that they have to. I just think it's the way the game's going to go. The amount of possessions that they're going to have you're going to be able to put up more points on the board the more time you get the ball. Um, for me, I w- I'm leaning a, you know, maybe a 34, 31, 34, 27 in that range. Um, I'll go 34, 27, and I'm not worried about it. Let me... But the missed extra points are becoming a little yeah. s- stressful. <laughs> yeah. Um, because after that missed PAT on Sunday, my biggest thing was, and and I, we might have honestly brought it up, don't let that game get to the point where Justin Tucker is the difference maker. That, that he's not missing. And... Evan's been inside of 40, shaky. Outside of 40, he's been awesome. I don't hold the New England game against him, honestly. I, I mean, Nick Folk missed a bunch, and Simmons that said was it was really weird. Yeah. Simmons said that Simmons, Darren Simmons, 
special teams coach said coordinator said that that was like the toughest kicking condition game he can remember especially because the guy on the other side was also struggling as well so i just don't want that to be a like if if they lose god forbid please just if it's a missed extra point do you have a jersey me you got a money max jersey no i don't i do you do? Okay, I knew if one of us did. I know I don't. Yeah, yeah okay. So, and, yeah. and well, in, in the weather, too, I don't know how that's going to affect kicking conditions. And we've seen how the kicking has gone in some of those sh- shittier conditions for McPherson. Oddly enough, I'm not worried about him plus 50, yeah. which is wild. Fun like, fact I'm, on the weather, uh, these are two, both quarterbacks have never lost a game when it was under freezing. Mm. Yeah, a little nugget for you. Something's got to give. Yeah. So yeah, I'll go. I'll go thirty-four twenty-seven, and I'll follow the trend. I think it's a a turnover late that ices the game, and maybe not on the last play, like it's been the last four times. It felt like, but you know a. And the offense has to have, you know, one of those three minutes left type of drives, and you got to get first down or two to ice the game. So I'll go 34-27 Bengals meeting up with the Jacksonville Jaguars in the AFC Championship game. The Jaguars. Um, yeah, I'll think – I think I will go – God, it's tough because part of me does think this is going to be more low scoring than we think. I almost want to get like 27-24. Yeah. It'd be on brand for this team in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah I just, I don't. The trends. Yeah. I, I don't see this game being as high scoring as we probably think it's going to be. Um, yeah. I'll get, I'll get 27-24. God, that hurts. Because I really would like love to see him hit thirty, but I don't know. I just I don't. I feel like when you get two offenses like this, the Bills and the Chiefs last year are the exception. It usually comes in lower than. What than, if they? What if they hit thirty and it's because they get a defensive touchdown? Because I think like it, like I think that that is something that could very realistically happen. I mean, yeah, I mean and, like. Yeah, for sure. No, they I mean, Josh Allen is I love Josh Allen. I love Josh Allen. The man is liable to fumble inside his own 20 at any time. It's insane. <laughs> but yeah, I'll I'll stick with that. I would love to see another defensive touchdown. How about a how about a Jermaine Pratt? Playoff P? Yeah. No, his name's Jermaine. Uh, but now <laughs> yeah. I'll uh yeah. I'll, I'll look uh, out for that. I'll, I'll piggyback off uh, Jacob with the 34 score. And it's not going to be because Evan McPherson misses an extra point. It's going to be he's going to make two field goals, uh, one at the gun. There's gonna be, to I think there's going to be a lot of field goals in this game. Yeah, yeah. He might miss a field goal or two, but he's going to make the last one. And that's all that's going to matter because the final score is going to be 34 to 31 Bengals. Hey, I got the McPherson jersey, like I said. I'm rolling with the guy. 
He's been bad. Um, everyone knows it. I think he redeemed himself just as he did in the divisional playoff uh, last year. He's going to hit one at the at the gun, and we're going to move on. So it is it is strange the way he's regressed. It is like because it's not. I don't know how to put this, but it like it's not like he's got the yips, but it. And it doesn't look like it's an operation thing either. Yeah, yeah you know like, what I mean? it almost feels like he's so confident in himself, which I love because it, because it does come out in those big moments where he's got to make a 50 yarder. Or, I mean, he hasn't missed a kick to win since week four or no, we won week four. It was early in the year, but he had one and then he had the Pittsburgh one. Obviously, there right. was I thought I thought there was one other one, but maybe not. I don't know. Um but I mean, I don't know. I, I maybe it's like just an overconfidence thing, which is a good problem to have, I guess, for a kicker, maybe. But it, yeah, and it's it's like we've said, it's so weird being more confident with him kicking from further out than closer. Yeah. Like I, I like I don't know. Like I know, just from listening to like Simmons said, he might be like you know, finishing too far open. He's opening his whatever. Like there, it's super technical with how obviously kickers are and whatnot but like he's yeah. he said like he's doing he was doing something earlier in the year and that's why i missed some of those but yeah like it is weird because it's, he was yeah i mean he was like you could get get up and go to the bathroom take a piss and come back and like, all right whatever and you could even do that when he's kicking from 50 still yeah. can but for some reason now when he's kicking an extra point you're kind of like i'll wait to go get that next beer yeah i need to see this <laughs> i need to see this one go through the uprights yeah but I mean, yeah, all in all, all positive looking forward. Um, I hope we get another home game with the Jags. Uh, feel like they owe me one for that Dallas loss. I, I hurt the bank a little bit uh, in the year in the picks in overtime. So how about they? Uh, how about they repay that and give the Chiefs a run for their money? Um, but you know, if it's Kansas City, haven't lost to them. So or whoever it is, boys. bring them on, man. Bring them on. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird. Um, any thoughts just real quick on any any other uh, or any of the NFC playoff teams or anyone that you're hot on, low on? I wouldn't count out the Giants. I agree. I, count them out. I agree. I don't know. I mean, I think it's uh, the Eagles are in a weird spot where it's like they're yeah. hurt, but they don't look like it. Like, you know, like you, you look at who they're actually putting out there and it's like, well, this team, like you can't really say that they're too hurt to be good, but they kind of are or have been lately. I don't know. It's going to be the, interesting. Obviously, like there's like the, you know, is the buy, like people have their differences on the buy and if it's a benefit or not. Sure. I yeah. think for the Eagles in Hertz's shoulder, it's probably a bigger, like I think. Because oh, definitely. Like, yeah. So, but I don't know. I've never bought into that argument at all. Like if you like you want the buy, the buy is a good thing. The buy is never a bad thing, you know, unless unless you lose the last two games of the regular season, which they came close to doing. But it's I'd like to buy. Yeah, um, it, go ahead. Yeah, it's just I'm, I'm not I think the NFC. Those two games are going to be chalk, but if there's going to be one team that does pull it out, I think it could be Dallas. Just. Mm. And 
The only reason why I say this is because Brock didn't look great at first on Saturday. He kind of settled in a little bit. Yeah, um, and then he threw for 300 yards after that. I mean, I'm with you. He was bad for like the first three drives yeah. of the game, but after that, I mean, you can't. It's just it's just the Dallas defense for me. It like if you know Micah Parsons can wreck a game. Like, yeah, I, but like they're also not going to put him in positions to like Kyle Shanahan's smart enough to not put Brock Purdy in a position where the game is on his shoulders. Like he's going to have he'll, like they're going to keep it. If he's getting pressured, they'll be able to keep it short. They'll be running suicides going back and forth with crossers all day and they'll be able to find a gap. I don't know. That team's so good. It's it's really going to hurt when the Bengals have to whip Brock Purdy's ass in the Super Bowl because I do love that story. But Yeah, I, th- I, I just think there's going to be one upset this weekend, and I think there if there is a second one, I, I think obviously it goes AFC-NFC, but I think of the two NFC games, I do think that that one is more likely. Just because like if I'm having to bet on Danny Dimes, over i think that's just the like that's the vikings true, like, the, but like the vikings defense danny dimes ain't your dad's danny dimes no and for as much uh like for as much like i mean brian dable's a great coach like he's he's gotten the best out of danny dimes and he's made that team like, somehow has no identity and they're good like it's wild. It's 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 kind of weird because it's like I've been saying that about the Patriots all year, or it's like they just have no identity. They can't be good, and the Giants have no identity, and they are somehow a good team. It's 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 interesting. He's done a hell of a job. But uh, all right, so I think that'll wrap us up here. Um, so yeah, have a have a great Thursday when this comes out, and um, yeah, we'll see go you guys. Days. We'll see you guys next weekend previewing the AFC Championship game featuring the Bengals and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And if not, we're just all going to get drunk and do a podcast on Wednesday to commemorate the season. So, <laughs> which we have exper- which we have experience doing. So, yes, yes, it's, yes we, we do. Can, yep. we can, it's going to be nice to not do that immediately after your team's lost the national championship. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, yeah, there's some lost tapes out there. I don't know how to get them, but. Oh, boy. oh if Twitch boy. if Twitch's servers all caught on fire and exploded, there would be one guy out there with pumping his fist in the air. <laughs> all, all right. right. Have a great uh, great rest of your week and thank you as always for listening to Tailgates and Heartbreaks. Um Donovan for Tito and Geezer, we appreciate you as always. Love you guys. Who day? Who day? Who day? Yeah.